Margin call, gentlemen. Well, you can't expect us you to... You know to... the rules of the exchange, Mr. Duke. All accounts to be settled at the end of the day's trading, without exception. You know perfectly well we don't have $394 million in cash. I'm sorry, boys. Put the uh, Duke brothers' seats on the exchange up for sale at once. Seize all assets of Duke and Duke commodities brokers, as well as all personal holdings of Randolph and Mortimer Duke. My God. We're ruined. This is an outrage. I demand an investigation. You can't sell our seats. A Duke has been sitting on this exchange since it was founded. We founded this exchange. It's ours. It belongs to us. My God. Mortimer, your brother's not well. We'd better call an ambulance. Fuck him. Now you listen to me. I want trading reopened right now. Get those brokers back in here. Turn those machines back on. Turn those machines back on. everybody and welcome to the show the nightfly with me dave Cheskow. how are you on this november 19th date i am positive of that day coming out because this is the day of the big show down at the comedy cellar with me vic henley colin quinn rachel feinstein dave landau and joe Mackey, and possibly mike mike machetti playing the first pilgrim <laughs> that's that writes itself if you know who mike machetti is and, of course, if you know the movie Turbo Charge, you can see Mike Machetti in it as uh, he was the guy working the lights in the uh, You Might Think video. <laughs> he doesn't know how lights work because he's high. <laughs> oh, Mike Machetti. Hilarious. He won't be with us much longer, so we should probably use him as, uh, as soon as we can. And, uh, no, there's nothing wrong with him or anything. I'm just assuming he's going to die soon. I don't know why, though. I didn't really be concentrating on myself just with my eating habits alone. I mean, they've been out of control. Out of control, last night was no exception. My acid reflex is acting up because I just can't stop eating because I have so much free time. Not that it was different at work, anyway. For lunch, I would just have these horrible meals. It's not like I snack in between or anything. I just, I don't know, last night, I, you know, I went out and I you know, I did a show and then I you know, had McDonald's. I don't want McDonald's. What I need to do is have something to eat here when I get home. And that'll be it. I just need to go grocery shopping, but... It's so complicated to go grocery shopping here in the big city ugh, that it's just frustrating. You know what I mean? I just want to pack up my car with a bunch of stuff and go through every aisle in a big supermarket in Jersey somewhere, but it's such a pain in the ass to bring it upstairs and put it on the cart. And as you know, or maybe you don't know, no, I don't think I... Did I tell you last week? No. This happened on Saturday, so I'll tell you. 
Let me tell you what happened to me on uh, Saturday. Well, let me start. You know what? Let's just start from the beginning, shall we? That's always the best way to start. Playing, uh, you know, even though I'm mad at ELO, I still enjoy this song. They could have played that the night I was there. That would have been nice. I really do like this song. It does make me happy and sad at the same time, which I have a story for you today that is um, very dark funny. I hope. I hope you feel uh, similar. So I believe we left off last week. I might have uh, taped the podcast on a Friday, just like today. Can't really remember. And I went out with this girl, Sophie, a young young lass um, from my old job. And uh, she's a delight and really nice. And um, we went out for dinner at this place. I think, yes, it's called Monty's. That's what it is. I couldn't remember the name. Monty's. And it's right by the Comedy Cell. Never been there before. I thought it was a place I had gone there with my sister and... The kids on a Wednesday before Thanksgiving, one of those things. But no, it wasn't. I'd never been in there before. It's an Italian restaurant. I just looked it up, and I'm like, this seems okay. It doesn't seem like you need a reservation or anything. So Sophie met me at the Comedy Cellar. I was at the Comedy Cellar. I was trying to, you know, uh, post pitch SD Elon Altman, our good friend Elon Altman, who I think is terrific. I think he's going to go somewhere. I think, you know, he's just been a really good friend, and I want to be a good friend to him. And... I think SD will like him and use him at the Comedy Cellar. So I went there and I pitched him and she's like, no, I don't want to do favors for anyone. I'm like, it's not a favor. I mean, I think you're going to like this kid. I think he's going to be, you know, plus I was the one that brought Mateo in, so I'm 1-0. and And she goes, well, send me a link. And I'm like, no, just give him an audition. What is this? Anyway, I took her number, which I'd never had before, and I um, sent her the link. And we're waiting. I mean, it's a lot of pressure on him, for one thing, on me as well, for my, I'm doing air quotes, reputation. Um, but, you know, I really want him to work there, and the jury's still out. Don't know. Maybe I'll go down there tonight. Anyway, I met that uh, girl down there. We walked to the restaurant. We had a really nice time. Now, here's the reason I'm telling you is because, well, there's two, well, hmm. So, uh, you know, we're having a good time. We have, the meal was excellent. It was very good, um, and the service is bad. It doesn't matter. This is the kind of place it is. It's stupid. But if you remember, and maybe I didn't even tell you, but I think I did, I had dinner with my friend Bob on the Upper West Side at a fancy schmancy place, like some Greek restaurant, which is stupid. Greek restaurants are dumb. Greek people are stupid. Uh, everything about them is just dumb. I don't know why. And, um, they, you know, they're good at gyros, and that's about They shouldn't have any restaurants. Their food is – or maybe it wasn't Greek. I'm sorry. It was Mediterranean. Anyway – Horrible food at this place, right? Totally overpriced. Me and my friend Bob, we didn't have any alcohol, none. And uh, and we, it's just, sorry, my computer went off and it, it froze me. Hmm. I'll figure that out later. Anyway, we had uh, no alcohol, and we had two main courses and an appetizer, and it cost us a hundred and eighty dollars. That's with no alcohol, $180 for both of us. It was over $200 for a crappy, crappy meal. And um, then, so so on Friday, I went to this Monty's, and me and this girl had five alcohol drinks, five drinks. I had like three glasses of wine. She had two vodka sodas. 
one one appetizer and two entrees, and it was a hundred and six dollars. I mean, what? A, and the food was ten times better. And I called up Bob, and I'm like, "Listen, you idiot! Why'd you take me to this place? It stinks! It stinks on ice." Where's that Ed McMahon clip? This business stinks. You know that? Well, it stinks. It used to be the most exciting business in the world. Now it stinks on ice. It's been a rough year. It stinks. I guess it does stink. It stinks on ice. All right, on ice. <laughs> See? Um, totally worth it. Uh, <laughs> it's, but, uh, but I mean, I mean that's, that stinks on ice. When it, you know, when it's bad food, and that place is going to close, and it's at this, it took over this place that I actually used to like to go to on the Upper West Side, where you can sit outside. It's called Isabella's, and they close. And it's it's funny because it's a prime location, but it must be sick expensive, which is why the meal was expensive because it's like right outside the Museum of Natural History on the Upper West Side. I mean, it's beautiful. It's the space. Meanwhile, you figure the West Village has the same thing. So how do these guys get it? Then I talked to Rachel Feinstein about it, and she said, "Oh, that's where Pete proposed to me," and I'm like. What in that dump? She goes, well, remember it was rushed because Amy was having her wedding and like kind of hijacking mine. And so he had to do it and he just did it. And he bought me there and I didn't know he was doing it. And everybody was like applauding and stuff like because it's like a very small place. But the food was good. You know, it wasn't exceptional, but it was really, really good. It was really good, especially for that price in that neighborhood. It was really, really good. But um, yeah, that I couldn't believe Rachel got proposed to there that was surprising if you ever go there or see pictures you know tiny it isn't where it's just a strange place to propose to because then i'm like well then after you did that what did you do she goes yeah we sat down and uh you know i'm like well, well that's that's awkward i mean that's the, i think that's the worst way to propose at dinner because then what do you, you propose you have this big thing and then you just sit down and have a meal that doesn't make any sense that i think that's the worst way to propose of all time because it's like, ah, oh boy, that was awesome. So, so how's your day? I, I think if you, I think the best way, well, I know she said it was rushed, but I guess the best way to propose is to, well, not have dinner. I think you just have to have drinks and invite some friends over because it, you know, you just, what are you, you going to, she was like, I didn't even eat anything. I'm like, of course you didn't eat. What are you going to do? Are you going to sit there and have a meal after you just propose and it's exciting? And, you know, anyway, that all being said, uh, we had a lovely time and then we went to, you know, my bar down in the village, and I hung out there all night. The rest of the night, I was there till 5 in the morning. I don't know, I was having a good time drinking. I must have eaten the appropriate amount because a lot of times I stop myself. I can't keep going, but I was able to drink. And then Liz from the cellar came over. She goes, wait, you're still here? Because I saw her at 7 o'clock, and then it was 3.30. She goes, you're still out? And I'm like, yeah, what's happening? But I was there. So she came over, and that's when she told me, no December date at the Comedy Cellar for Dave Juskow. Devastating news. Devastating news now that those shows kind of pay my rent. Devastating news. No love, actually. No December date at the cellar. Nothing. She doesn't even have a 10 o'clock show open. Um, very bad news. Makes sense, though. She's like, I just couldn't. I mean, she was very nice about it. And she was just like, I just, you know, I have all these things. Sam Morell's doing a taping. And, you know, we got to give Tom Papa a show. And then there's just the holidays. And it makes sense. Um, I believe Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve are on Tuesdays. You know, with my show, so they have limited dates available in December. So what are you going to do? Dave Juskow gets the shaft. But um, listen, you know, they've been very good to me, so I got to let it go. But my plan now, 
and let me just take a sip of my throat is um, I'm having acid reflux a lot because I'm eating like a moron. Hmm. So I guess my plan now maybe is to, and I don't know if I can work it out. I don't know if it's a thing and I don't know if it's worth it, but what I'd like to do starting in January is to obviously have a monthly show, but to maybe double back and or double up would that be and have a show after my show so today we have our big event november 19th if you're listening to this podcast today please come down to the comedy cellar and then not this time but we would have like a 10 15 show the question is is that doable on a tuesday night i mean it's new york city it's the west village it would would it, could you do it in denver probably not i don't know why i chose that place but i'm saying could you do it in la Probably not. But uh, in New York City, in the West Village, when it's the Comedy Cellar, you might be able to pull it off or at least even get in half full, which could, um, you know, that could be a substantial chunk of change. Just call it Dave Juskow's Late Night Laughs. Or maybe I shouldn't even put my name on it. Just, uh, I don't know. But um, it's not a horrible plan. It's a plan nonetheless. I mean, I hate rushing people out and I won't be able to party afterwards, but, you know, now this is my job. So I got to do something. Uh, yeah. So that's something I've been thinking about. There's a whole bunch of stuff. Um, I mean, I just wrote down. It's like I had nothing to say today and then I had a bunch of stuff. So let me just give some news first before we continue let me give you let me give you some a bunch of news before we continue with uh, our story today um i davejuskow.com finally is being put together uh my friend lenny marcus is putting it together he's a comic he's wonderful he also works for the new york giants um he was there at uh, catgate as we played last week and He's been putting it together, and they need a high-res photo of me. And Steve Agee, who you might remember, uh, we were roommates in uh, Crashing. He took a really good photo of me, and that's me saying that. You know how I feel about myself, uh, at Sarah's party on the rooftop. And I'm like, this is a really good photo. Can you send me a high-res photo? And it's actually really good without any doctoring. And I'm like, going to make that my... Website photo, it's risky because, you know, I don't like the way I look, but this one's not the worst picture I've ever seen. Anyway, it's not up yet, DaveJustGuy.com, but it's it's getting going, and I'm actually doing this. I can't believe after all this time I'm actually putting this together. Uh, there will obviously be, be a link for the uh, the podcast and to uh, get turbocharged once it is put on Amazon Prime. When is that going to happen? Excellent question. I just saved, I just sent, uh, we just got the the logo that we needed, which was the last piece of the puzzle. And I told you it's me, uh, dressed as Rick, on top of the car in the candy-o pose. Um, and done by Elon Altman's wife, Sarah, who designed Nikki Glaser's beautiful dress at the uh, Alec Baldwin, it was Alec Baldwin, right? Yeah, at the Alec Baldwin roast. Uh, so I knew she did that stuff. I said, do you think she could do it? Cause it seemed like something she could do with drawing and she did it perfectly. I sent it to, uh, Dave Curry from night. Th did I get the night spots? Night thoughts? I get it wrong all the time. Um, 
and he liked it. I I sent it to him. I texted him, and then he didn't get. He's like, "What do you?" I was like, "What do you hate it?" Two days later, he's like, "I didn't get anything. It's just I guess my phone sucks because I have an Android, and a lot of people don't get my stuff." So I was like, "I was like, he was the only person I sent it to," and then uh, no response. And I'm like, "Boy, he really hates this uh, thing." But the picture's great. It looks great. Uh, the only thing is, uh, my mouth is open, and I was. Uh, afraid that if it ever appears on a subway platform, there's going to be a whole bunch of cocks. That people are going to draw a bunch of cocks in my mouth. <laughs> like that's the only thing. And so then I was telling Elon, I'm like, maybe, maybe your wife could close my mouth. I'm like, yeah, you know what? Keep it open. It's hilarious. She goes, he goes, well, I gave her the picture of you on the subway from the U.S. Open where you're just asleep with your mouth open. I'm like, well, that's my standard pose that I do <laughs> everywhere. And when I finally put out the thing where I get fired by the Muppets, it opens with me sleeping with my mouth wide open. For some reason, I find that to be, even though it's not very flattering, the most hilarious of ways to either take a photo, which, of course, I did also when I'm sitting at the beach, like with the cars coming. It's my there's nothing funnier than just a picture of you sleeping with your mouth open. It you know, in a stupid situation, you know, I mean, that's. That's what I, you know, I should just do it. You know, I've always thought about doing a collection of my of sleeping photos with my mouth open. Um, you know, now I can put them on the website, um, my collection of uh, photos. I'm going to have to call it something. Um, it's not a bad idea either. I can just Photoshop the hell out of that everywhere. But uh, so, but that's the way. I mean, I know this poster's not going to be on a subway platform, but you can't not live in New York and not think if your mouth is open that somebody's not you can't your mind can't instantly go to people drawing a huge picture of cocks going in your mouth that's every subway poster that's ever existed uh before they had cameras in the subway systems uh, i mean everybody had a dick in their mouth everybody in the 70s and 80s uh everyone you know women men it doesn't matter if your mouth was open uh, if you were smiling, they cut out your teeth and they put a dick in there. I mean, it's, it's classic graffiti. Um, I'm just, you know, happy to be a part of it if uh, that's the case. Uh, so that, so we're putting that, and I said, Memo, when can we do it? When can we put it up? When can we put it up? So it's all him now because he just, we just have to load it. I mean, I can do, we don't know how to do it. We don't know what's going to happen. We want to be together when we're doing it for multiple reasons, just because we're doing it. And just to see if there's any other information each of us needs or has to get. So, you know, it's our first foray into this. So let's say for real, for sure, I, I, I can't imagine there could be any other problems. It will definitely be available on Amazon Prime by December 1. That's a fact. I mean, we may put it up next week. So it doesn't matter, but I'm just saying, I, I there's no way it doesn't go up. It will not be up by December 1st, tops. No way. We're definitely putting it up this week, next week. Well, it's already the end of this week. I'm taping on a Friday. So that's happening. Um, you know, we want it in time for the Christmas rush. You know, people want to give it as a gift uh, for... Uh, <laughs> couldn't even finish saying it without laughing um also oh let me give you my uh my other dates uh that i'm doing uh right tonight the 19th 
tomorrow, the 20th, I am uh, hosting the Artie Lang Comeback Special at the Westside Comedy Club. Please come with Mike Bichetti. That's Mike Bichetti two days in a row. Thursday, I'll be at Rutgers opening for Rachel Feinstein. And uh, Thursday, December 5th, uh, it's my, uh, you know, the five comics and Dave uh, at the Westside Comedy Club. Also, December 19th at the Westside Comedy Club. Those are two Thursday dates. And on Wednesday, December 11th, I'll be on the Dave Lando Anthony Cumia show at uh, 4 p.m. Those are the upcoming things that I guess I'll be starting to put on my website whenever that uh, happens. Hey, 2020 is going to be, woohoo! It's been waiting. 2020. I really didn't think I'd be alive then. And speaking of which, oh, first of all, let me just tell you this. Tootsie, it's closing. After my glowing review, they decided, we don't care what Dave Juskow says. We're closing. It is closing like January 2nd or something. They gave it a closing date. That's never a good sign. Uh, That means it was kind of a flop, even though you can't consider it a flop if somebody won the Tony for it. But I guess it's a flop if it's already closing. But uh, it was pretty good, you know. We talked about that last week, but interesting. Like right after I did the podcast, they set a closing date. Does one thing have to do with the other? I don't know. Maybe, maybe my review was so scathing that it wasn't as funny as they thought that people listened and they're like, you know, he's right. And those ads are annoying. I'll tell you something. People were so annoyed by those ads. Those ads were so annoying. That's probably what closed the show. People were so annoyed. By this, in fact, Joe Messina was telling me he saw it on the train. It's like those ads are really frustrating. Just the print ads, let alone those ads where just people are laughing, and it's just unfortunately a, you know, Book of Mormon, which maybe was the funniest musical ever made, or even an Avenue Q didn't even have those kind of ads. You know, if you have to tell people that it's funny that way, it's probably not that funny. You know what I always say. If it walks like a duck and talks like a duck, it's probably a duck. I I don't know what that saying is, but uh, I remember I used to work for this attorney, and he would always write that when I would transcribe his letters to people. <laughs> he would write that all the time. If it walks like a duck, and I'm like, what? This is a this is a, a lawyer. This is what he's putting in his email. The guy was so drunk, he didn't know what day it was. Meanwhile, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have this apartment. So you know what? He's okay. So let me tell you about, I'm just going to move on to uh, something that happened on Tuesday. And then I'll tell you some other stuff. Now, I, I don't want you to get nervous or, or, or panicked or anything. Um, I'm okay. Uh, but the, the, the fact of the matter is, is that, uh, you know, my sleep patterns are all off. So I'm always up in the middle of the night like an old person. Um, you know, I go to sleep whenever I go to sleep, if it's two o'clock, if it's 1130, if it's 1030, I sleep for two or three hours and then I'm usually up for five hours and then I try and go back to sleep for three hours or whatever. And Monday night, uh, you know, I was at the comic strip and did a pretty good show and then walked home. Right. Cause I didn't want to drink cause I had drank the night before. I'll tell you about that in a second. So, <laughs> you're right. So, uh, yeah, so I guess the drinking probably affects my sleep patterns and stuff. I didn't have, but anyway, Monday I didn't drink, so I came home. Yeah, I ordered food, right? That's because because I'm used to eating during Monday night football, but I don't think I ordered anything bad. I think I had a poke bowl 
So it's no big deal or anything. I don't know why I'm telling you this. Well, this, this is the show. That's the show. Wait, you just talk about what you had for dinner? That's a show. Anyway, I was up pretty much most of the day, and something must have happened. You know, I mean, listen, this happens to everybody. In the middle of the night, you freak out about your future. It's just three in the morning. That's when people get nervous about money, career, health. It just, I know everybody's the same. I know that ain't just me. Um, it's the middle of the night that just creeps people out. That's when you do your thinking. It's quiet. I think that's why I stay out late all the time. Anyway, I was getting very depressed. And once again, I was Googling, you know, suicide stuff. Because, you know, I'm in this place where I just sometimes don't see a way out. I don't see an end you know the things just aren't going to end well I'm not you know I seem to be telling myself I I can do this without having to find another job but clearly I'm going to have to do that which of course then you know if that's the case then that's the case but uh you know I feel like I'm convincing myself of something else and I should prepare you know for financial purposes and stuff but I'm I'm not, I think I'm doing exactly what my mother is doing. My sister is treating me and my mother the exact same, like we're delusional, like we're going to be okay, even though the two of us are both nervous about uh, the future. So I was just Googling stuff, not ways to kill myself, just like, you know, what if you have suicidal thoughts, something like that. Last time I was actually Googling ways to do it, so that was worse. But don't, please don't be upset or nervous or anything. I'm positive I'm not going to do it. Because uh, it hasn't gone that deep in in many years. Uh, but obviously I was depressed and just thinking about it. And I was just, you know, up and not sleepy. And just looking at stuff. And then Howard Stern came on at 7 and I was fine again. And I uh, put my phone down. I, and I slept for two hours. And then at 8.30 in the morning... Or I woke up at like nine, but at eight thirty in the morning. I mean, this this is kind of funny. I get it. I mean, it's just funny because it the timing was impeccable. Like if it was a TV show, it would be epic. Just poor timing on, just bad luck. I get a text from Sarah Silverman at eight thirty in the morning, and it's a very long. My stuff is coded in yellow for people who are and it's a long one and i'm like well this and it says dave i don't know how to tell you this it's been weighing on me and that's the first thing i saw and i'm like this is not gonna be good so she wrote me this text which was long saying look uh about my broadway show I know I said there were no parts for you and you were too old or whatever and we were trying to go diverse but we ended up choosing somebody uh you know white and I think you'll be happy for him but it's been killing me cuz I don't think of you as older and I really love you and I know that you know you you're great or whatever the case may be I'm like we're 
you know, I'm like, where, what is, what is going on? Why do I need this particular text uh, at this time? So my only response at that time was, well, who is it? Who is this person? I don't even know what the role was. But she knows that I obviously, and you guys know how interested I would be in being in that show. And I thought maybe there was, I mean, because the other day when we were together, I'm like, oh, uh, did you cast the um, therapist? Because that could be any age. And she's like, yeah, well, I don't know. You know, we're thinking about whatever. We want to get married. I think that's what happened. I think she knew I was kind of fishing around. And she's like, we, we cast somebody. Anyway, the person they cast is Rick Chrome. Rick Chrome, who I use on all my shows all the time, who I love, and she's completely right. I couldn't be happier for him. Now, this is a guy that's been on Broadway before. He was in, I saw him in The Goodbye Girl. You're in town. He's written his own Broadway. I mean, this is the guy. Makes sense. It's not like it's one of the Sklar brothers, which would have maybe sent me overboard to commit suicide or just fuck those guys up somehow. But no, it wasn't something like that. It's like, yeah, all right, Rick Chrome. But it was just, you know, the way, and I'm just like, I think I handled it pretty good. I said, listen, am I, I'm, I hate that I don't get to audition for these things, you know, that I didn't get called into at least audition, you know, to be in the mix. But I said, that being said, you've, I mean, I, you know, again, pretty much went to the clues. You've been nothing but super duper nice to me. I mean, the fact of the matter is, I mean, yeah, could could Sarah Silverman help me more? People always say that all the time. Can Sarah help you? I'm like, you know, she really has. I mean, if we look at our history together, she gave me, I mean, all right, it wasn't a, a huge part, but I mean, she gave, you know, a, a thing on her show. You know, I opened for her. You know, she's probably the reason I was on Crashing. I mean, she has helped. What are you supposed to do when somebody's not like a real comic and I'm working at a regular job? I mean, I know she thinks of me all the time, but she doesn't have to, you know, now it's where where I think she felt she had to write this because she knows I'm trying to be a real comic or, you know, I'm in the business now or whatever, you know what I'm saying. So I guess she felt she had to send that, knowing full well that, uh, you know, I will be hopefully auditioning for The Princess Bride and stuff and she knows I'm Broadway, she knows uh, I can sing, and when we did the readings for her show, how good I was, and you know, so so it's, it's so it's real. But she really has helped a lot, and it's only because of her that I'm even relevant at all in this business. So what can I say? I'm like, listen, you've been nothing but nice. You're still my best friend. You know, don't worry. And she's like, I love you so much. I mean, it was a real love fest after. I can't be mad at her. If she wants to choose somebody, if she thinks somebody's better for her show, this is what I would do too. You can't choose a friend. I mean, maybe I would be right for that show, but I guess they felt, Rick, she's like, your voice is younger. I don't think of you. You know, he's an older guy. He sounds older. We needed that. And I'm like, you know, at this point, you don't even need to explain if you feel, I mean, this is a big deal for her. It's her, it's a Broadway show. She's writing about her life as a child. She's got to go with what makes her happy and what makes it work. It's like, like I love, um, I don't know, what's a good example? Uh, you know, like I love, you know, Elon or something. You know, that's not a good example. We haven't been friends long enough. Let's see, what's a good example of somebody? I don't know. I got plenty of friends and I wish I could help out on a daily basis. 
Like Chris Murphy is a great example. He's my friend, right? For a long time. You don't know him, but he's a, he's been a very good friend. And I want to help him, but sometimes I can't. You know, I mean, it's like, I mean, sometimes you just know, like, I got to make, I got to do what works for me and for whatever I'm putting out there. So I can't be mad at her for that. I mean, am I upset that I didn't even get to audition? Yeah, absolutely. And the main part of the story is just that it came an hour after I was Googling. I was in a bad place. And that's why it's kind of funny. And when I got the thing, I remember I stood up in bed, you know, like I just got up and I was just sitting there kind of making that face. I think like <laughs> only only you guys who listen to the show would understand the reference, but kind of like the face that Judge Reinhold, <laughs> where is this going, makes in Fast Times of Ridgemont High. Remember at the beginning where he's doing the statement of how he's going to break up with his girlfriend and say, look, we're seniors now and. I just think we need to be apart, and you know. Then he gets fired from the job, and then he goes, "I'm just glad I have you this year." You know, they're at that assembly, and she goes, "You know, Brad, I've been thinking we're seniors now." And she's doing the whole speech he was doing, and he just makes this face where he doesn't say anything, which makes him so cool. Where you know, we know the audience knows that he was doing that, and he just sits there and smiles. He goes, "Right, of course," you know, and and it was uh, it was like that. It was like that face. I wasn't angry. It was just it was just funny because I'm like, if she only knew what I was doing an hour before she sent this text, she would have waited a day at least or something like that. But uh, so that was a bad day, kind of. But I'm not mad at her. Uh, and then, you know, I just... Uh, I went to my mother's that day and was with my mother and sister. I'm like, hey, do you want to hear a sad story? And they're like, no. And I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. I shouldn't tell you. Because, you know, you can't really open it up. I only told Rachel. Because I don't want to disturb people about, you know, the thoughts that are going through my head. I don't want you to be worried. Uh, but that does make the story, you know, the dark comedy of it only works if I tell you the first part. Um, cause it's almost like a joke, you know, I mean, it really is just like, what can you do except sit there and shake your head? I'm like, classic, classic timing, classic just gal shit. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, I don't know. Now everybody from the cellar, of course, is going to go, well, we don't see Sarah's show anyway, but. Now Rick's in it, so everybody goes. I mean, how exciting would it be if I was in it and everybody came because I was, you know. Again, maybe it'll all work out. It doesn't matter. But I had to tell you guys. I was like, do I talk about this on the podcast? I'm like, how can I not talk about it on the podcast? I mean, it is a, a, a classic story. But anyway, uh, you know, there's that. So, you know, let's... Um, I, I, I planned something to cheer ourselves up. There's nothing better than... Uh... So, last night when I got home, I was watching an I Dream of Jeannie episode, and it was so good, and I don't remember it. Um, Jeannie starts working at NASA, and she is trying to promote Major Nelson to uh, general. She's like, no, I really want you to be a general. He goes, I really don't want to be the general, and I don't want you working here, and... 
she's like, yeah, I'm going to make you general, but not I'm going to do it the good way. I'm going to just talk you up. And she meets with Dr. Bellows and she says all this. And he goes, so Janie, tell me about yourself. She goes, well, um, I'm from uh, Baghdad, I mean, Chicago. And she keeps, you know, like, what did your dad do? Oh, he was a used camel salesman. A used camel, I mean, a used car salesman. You know, uh, funny stuff. And then, so Dr. Bellows calls the CIA because he thinks there's something fishy about Jeannie. So Major Nelson overhears this because the CIA comes to town and they were like, Dr. Bellows like, you don't have to come to town. He goes, no, no, we've been, uh, the weird part is we looked up this Jeannie Jeannie and there's no record of her whatsoever. So we came to see in person and Major Nelson hears this. He goes, Jeannie, you got to get out of here. You got to just leave. She's like, no, I like this job because she was, I think she was working for Dr. Bellows as a secretary. And uh, I want to make it general. He goes, no, you got to leave. You got to leave because you're, he doesn't say, but, you know, this is all going to backfire. So him and Roger come up with this plan that uh, Roger comes in and shows, he goes, here, I have those pictures you wanted. And then they're like, what picture? He goes, yeah, this, she's good. She's good. Well, didn't you know if you become a general, you have to get a wife? So Roger gave me all these pictures of possible candidates I might be able to choose for a wife. And then she got really angry. Um, and said, all right, this is over. And then she left, so they got her out. But, of course, um, she found out what he was doing and put general stripes on him anyway, and then he got busted, and then he had to talk his way. Oh, no, no, she put sergeant stripes on him. And then, uh, you know, that's, that's how it ended, but he had to get out of it. He's like, what are you doing with those sergeant stripes? Well, actually, it's uh, quite a funny story, uh, 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 you know, General Schaefer. Uh, here's the thing, uh, whatever, so. Classic genie stuff, but uh, it made me thinking that uh, there's nothing better than this performance by Sammy Davis Jr. It might have been the greatest performance he'll ever do, and thank God it's on tape, from IGM Genie, where he's doing the double performance. She splits him in two so he can play the Copa and NASA at the same time. It takes great pleasure and definite pride to introduce to you all here at Cape Kennedy one of America's greatest entertainers. That old black magic has me in its spell. That old black magic that you weave so well. Those icy fingers up and down my spine. Same old witchcraft when your eyes meet mine. Same old take hold that I feel inside. Then that elevator starts its ride. Down and down and down I go. Round and round and chug and chug. Oh, that's the way to chug chug chug. I should stay away. What can I do? I hear your name and I'm a flame. A flame with such a burning desire. Camping out the fire. You're the lover, you're the lover, you're the lover, you're the lover I have waited for. You're the girl, you're the one, you're the chick that I was created for. And every time your lips meet mine, down I go, all around I go, like a leaf, a leaf that's gone to fly. I should stay away, what can I do? I hear your name, Salter Schwartz, and I'm a flame. A flame with such a burning desire. Unbelievable. 
That's how you put on a show. I mean, this guy had it all down. He had the music, the jazz combo. He had it all. I mean, that's what that's what I always want to open the uh, Comedy Cellar show with. But nobody will understand, let alone I can't find a version like that, uh, can't, you know, for an instrumental. Damn it. It's so brilliant. That's all I ever want to do is do that performance walking through the audience at the Comedy Cellar. And what's the point? Because they all, nobody fucking gets it. Nobody likes when I sing at the opening. That I'm pretty much just doing this Sammy Davis Jr. bit, no matter what I'm doing with the wireless going through the audience, and people just hate it. Well, fuck you, because that means you don't know anything about entertainment. And if you're sitting there because you want to see stupid stand-up comic, one jerk-off, telling a couple of jokes, that ain't a show. This Sammy Davis Jr. was an all-around entertainer. He was amazing. Take a regular song that he didn't write, and he just made it his own. Now, that's show business. Sammy was the king. Uh, you know, I could see why a white girl would like that. What'd you say? No, I'm just saying I could see why a white girl would like somebody like him. Well, no, it's just uh, you, sometimes you say stuff and uh, people might not think you're kidding, you know. And last week we saw Sammy Davis Jr. You got to see this show. What a performer. <laughs> he does these impersonations. I swear, you would think it was the real people. Oh, it's unbelievable. I mean, you can see how a white girl can fall for him. What? Well, I mean, not me. I'm just saying, like, you can see how some girls could, you know, like that Swedish girl. In other words, you condone that stuff. <laughs> it's easy. Oh, Andrew. I know, I know. I just want to make sure I don't wind up kissing fucking that King Cole away. No, I'm not talking about me. I'm saying, you know, you know, you can see how a girl could, you know, he's got personality. Oh, of course. Personality. Me and John Gordon just like our personality. He's very talented. I understand perfectly what you're saying, but. You have to watch out sometimes how you say things. You know, people get the wrong impression. Why don't you just leave it alone now? I mean, I understand what you said. You know, the guy's talented. Leave it at that. He's very talented. <laughs> What's better than that? That's, yeah, I don't want to wind up kissing that King Cole over here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Boom! Don't you love this show? Ho-ho! I'm back, baby! See, the Sammy Davis Jr. thing cheered me up completely. And I hope it cheered you up, too. Hello, everybody. It's Dave Jessica with you. Mm. Uh, I Last night, I was talking to Elon, and we might have a different direction for the podcast. Not a different direction. We might have a different platform. We're looking into it. Might have some ads. And, yeah, I need to make some money. I don't think it'll, uh, you know, take away from our good times you gotta do something right i mean i gotta I mean, what's the point of having a podcast if you can't uh i mean it's been oh so you know, okay so here's the thing right next week next week what the 26th is our 250th podcast can you fucking believe it 250 podcasts uh and i you know, 250, you know, I mean, you celebrate the milestones. We had some good times with the 100 and the 200. But, um, you know, you want to do something. But I really didn't plan anything. And I guess it, it just kind of came up out of nowhere. So I really want to do, you know, I still, you know, once I got fired, I was planning where we have a, a call-in show where I give you guys the number and I'll tell you the time and you can call in. So that's what I wanted to do. But I can't put it together. I would have to give you the phone number today if I wanted to do that, so I can't do it. So in December, that's definitely my plan. 
So I don't know what I'm going to do for the 250, but I'm going to tape it next Saturday, and then it'll come out on Tuesday, and then the show after that, 251st, because of the timing, is, of course, my sister and Dory uh, here on the Thanksgiving podcast. Uh, called the Kids in the Hall. I don't know why, but just do. And um, I have to do that one. And then after that, it'll be whatever. I don't know whether I can have David Tell lighten the menorah this year because um, Hanukkah comes right around Christmas and it's just uh, going to be hard to uh, do a show at the cellar during that time. So I don't know. But, you know, we'll figure it out. Plus, again, you know, what is this? So we said the New Year's and Christmas Eve come out on Tuesdays. We might miss the last two weeks again because, you know, what's the point of putting out uh, new stuff at that, you know, if that's the case. I think it, let's see, let's take a look at the calendar here. Is that, do I have that right or is that a, yeah, yeah, Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve are on Tuesdays and that's when the podcast comes out. So we we will not be putting out, uh, a, you know, what, you know what I'm saying. It's, it's pointless to put out a podcast on, so we will miss two weeks, the 24th and the 31st. Uh, I will not be putting out, uh, we will miss two weeks. That's all right. I mean, listen, today I was just like, what am I going to talk about today? I don't even know. So, yeah, you need a little refresher, and we'll come back 2020, January 7th, and it'll be amazing, right? Then we'll be all back and ready to go and refreshed and, you know, take a moment, collect our thoughts, and we'll be back. So, uh, December 3rd will be the... uh, the, uh, the my sister and Dory good good times. <laughs> I'm trying to find like a very special guest for something, and then we'll have uh, two more podcasts after that on the 10th and the 17th, and then we'll take a little break, and we'll be back January 7th. Please don't leave um, while we're on break. Do not find another. I mean, you can find another podcast, but don't forget about us, or me, um, and that'll be that. Let's see what else did I write down today. Uh, oh yeah, I did roast battle last night, which was super. F- I judged it. I judged it. Uh, Elon was on it, so I said, "Let me, you know, let me judge it." Then I'm definitely going to be biased, and I really couldn't care less. And thank God he won, because this other guy he was roasting against was completely anti-Semitic. So even if he was going to win, I'm like, dude, I would totally vote for you, but I can't, because. And it was so funny last night. This kid, I mean, he's really, he's from Texas, and he was just clearly just only talking about Elon being Jewish. Not being sure, not being married, not being whatever, just Jewish. And so me and Karen Fisher, you know, from Guys We Fucked, she kept saying, like, why do you keep, stop it? And, uh, but he just kept going with it, and it actually became funnier. And he's like, so Elon's Jewish. And then it just became funny because he just wouldn't stop. And you almost had to respect that. He's just like, no, I'm going to just continue talking about his Judaism because he's an idiot. Uh but Elon won. Oh, Elon won because he had the greatest off-the-cuff comeback. This idiot, Dalton something, I think his name is, says, and, you know, you just had that holiday, that holiday soak it, you know, or something like, and he's talking about sukkus or sukkot, uh, and he pronounced it wrong, and he goes, uh, you're, because this kid was wearing a corduroy coat that was horrible, and he goes, well, your suit coat is horrible. Something like whatever he said, he killed it, and thank God that off-the-cuff thing made him completely win. What an asshole that other kid was. Um, but it was really funny and had a good time, and then you know we drank, went to another place because we were kind of celebrating that Elon won. 
And uh, then I had to stop at McDonald's. I really didn't want to. I didn't want it. I did not want to. St- I just wanted to get one, like, something to eat, a slice of pizza. So, but it's four in the morning. Then I got to go under the bridge. It's such a disaster. So this McDonald's was open 24 hours. Then I knew I could just take a cab. Oh, was, and then I just over-order. I'm like, well, I'll save some for tomorrow. Who am I kidding? So I did give a cheeseburger to my doorman when I got home so I wouldn't eat it. Oh, it's horrible. I woke up today not hungover, just like, ugh, why did I eat that? Oh, my God, it's horrible. I got to stop. Do- I just got to have food here, and then I won't do that. I've got to have food here in the house. I've got to figure out a way. There's got to be a way. <laughs> I know, and it's like the easiest thing in the whole world but I uh, still have problems. I'm just looking over my notes. I'm sorry. Nah, I don't want to talk about that. Uh, right. Yeah. Uh, I let's Let me tell you something else. I just want to show you this one other um, clip from uh, that I Dream a Genie episode with Sammy Davis. Because these are the songs that go through my... When I hear them, I, sometimes I'll listen to this jazz station out of Newark, New Jersey. <laughs> Good times. And they'll play like uh, The Girl from Epinema. And all I say is, I'm like, hey, you know, you can do as many versions of the girl you, from Ipanema you want, but the Sammy Davis Jr. one from IG Magini is clearly the best one he's ever done. And you can't find, like, he never, why he, I'd like to delve more into, I wish some, you know, that I could find out more information on how, you know, it, it, like, he was like, well, I'll go on the show, but I really want to make it good. I don't, you know, is that his doing? Was it the producers doing? Like, hey, let's do a really rocking version. It's got to be him. But they clearly, but it, the, both versions of the old Black Magic and the Girl from Eponema are so much better. And there's no recordings of it anywhere. Here we go. One, two, three, four. Tall and tan and young and lovely The girl from Ipanim goes walking And when she passes each time she passes I go Ah When she walks it's like a samba That sways so cool and things so gentle That when she passes each time she passes I go Ah But I watch her so gladly How can I tell her I love her? Gee, I would give my heart gladly But each day when she walks to the sea She looks straight ahead, not at me Tall and tan and young and lovely The girl from Ipanim goes walking And when she passes, I smile But she doesn't see She ain't looking at me She ain't looking at me She ain't looking at me It's not me that she will ever see Ah well, they ate the monkeys, but it'll have to do. <laughs> Michael, why don't you go get some coffee in the kitchen? And George, I know it took a long time, but you see, practice makes perfect. Oh, look, Sam. Yeah. You will try to get a little sleep before the show tonight, won't you? Sure, I'll take a nap. Don't worry about it. And you go in the kitchen and eat because you need it. I love it. He's such a dick, too, which is great. I mean, that's uh, so entertaining. Uh, anyway... I think, you know what, um, I think I'm going to end the show here, I think. I don't, I, I feel like I, uh, I've i forgotten something that I really wanted to tell you guys, but I just, I've been very, I've been productive lately and doing stuff at home and trying to, you know, put stuff together and 
you know, the, 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 not just the podcast, but the turbocharge, obviously. And, you know, I'm thinking about hiring maybe a publicist, you know, maybe for like a month to get the word out on turbocharge. I mean, as long as we're putting it out, people might see, I mean, and it's a little embarrassing, but again, you know, if you're high as a kite, uh, you know, I mean, anybody who likes the cars, of course, they're going to like it, but I'm saying, you know, uh, the 99.9% of the population that doesn't care about the cars, which is not us, um, they're going to need a little boost. Um, but now we also know children will like it because there's puppets, even though there's boobies. I think they can handle that. It's a little PG-13 action, nothing more than that. And uh, I don't know. But really, I think that's all I want to say today because, I, I mean, I do have probably other stuff, but I'd rather just concentrate on, you know, the big 250th podcast and, and you know, either getting a really good guest or making a very strong show. So... Um, I think that's all I'm going to do today. You know? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, listen, you know, I'll uh, next week, obviously, I'll let you know how the show at the Underground went. I can't imagine it would go bad. Like I said, I'm still working on that sketch. Uh, Mike Machetti playing the first Pilgrim. And, of course, I'll probably find a way to get Natalie Cuomo. I feel like I'm Bob Hope now. I'm like, Natalie Cuomo, you know, because she's so pretty and... I really feel like I'm like, yeah, but don't you need that? And Brooke Shields will be joining us today. But uh, I don't know. I just enjoy her company. But uh, yeah, I guess I'll do it. I can't decide. I was writing it and I'm like, it's pretty good. <laughs> I don't know. I guess we'll see. I'll tell you more about it next week. November 19th at the Comedy Cellar. That's tonight if you're listening on the Tuesday when this comes out. Wednesday uh, with Arnie Lang at the Westside Comedy Club. And Thursday at Rutgers with Rachel Feinstein. And, of course, Tuesday, uh, Thursday, December 5th and December 19th at the Westside Comedy Club. And Wednesday, December 11th on the Anthony Cumia Network at 4 o'clock. Um, and Dave, remember, Dave Landau is on the show tonight at the Comedy Cellar. So that is our show for tonight, for today, November 19th. We will see you two days before Thanksgiving on the 250th podcast of the Nightfly. Can you believe it? 250. I mean, that's pretty special. So I hope everybody's having a great November and we're getting into the holidays. It's super fun. And as you know, it really did all go really fast. We believe it's Thanksgiving already. We were talking about that on September 1st. And here we are again. So I will see everybody next week. Have a wonderful, wonderful week, everybody. And uh, enjoy the upcoming season. Good night, everybody. Yeah, I want